So I'm gonna get a quick intro and then um, I'll introduce you and then we'll just start the conversation. Okay, let's go for it. Yo, what's going on, Lattimos family? Welcome to another episode to Wells Wednesday. I'm super excited about today's episode. And before we get into today's episode, as always, if you guys can do us a huge favor and share this podcast episode with one other person that needs to hear the Latin Most podcast. And trust me, you're going to want to share this episode because we have our second guest on Wealth Wednesday. We're going to dive into some pretty dope topics, some topics that we've never, I don't think we've ever covered on Latin Wealth ever. So um, definitely pull out your notepads for this one. And again, share this episode with one other person that needs to hear this podcast. And before we introduce our guest, Jeremiah, bro, how are you feeling today? Good as always, brother. I don't even want to take up any time. Everything is the light is shining. You know, my man, we're gonna have a great conversation. I'm super excited about this one, not only because we um having a conversation of something that we've never talked about before, but just the information. You know us, we're big on giving value. And so this is gonna be a valuable episode. So I'm excited. 100%. Yeah, we're both super excited about our second guest on Wealth Wednesday. And a little bit about our guest today, he specializes in leveraging your credit to build or buy businesses, all right? This brother has found a lot of success with uh, real estate, with e-commerce, and a couple of different businesses out there, and especially with leveraging, again, your credit to, to get into different business, right? And we hear about it all the time, like, there's there's the credit gurus out there and the people saying like yo i can get you a hundred thousand dollars in credit uh but like we, we we never my question is like what do we do with that credit what do we do with that information of resources right um so the brother that we have on today we're going to talk about those things um some of you probably didn't even know you can get that much capital um off of credit and whatnot so we're going to dive into that as well welcome to the podcast toby rosario how are you doing today bro I'm feeling blessed, man. First, I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to get on your platform. Really love what you guys are doing. And hopefully I can provide some sort of value where a listener or whoever listens to this um, is able to take action and, and maybe do something with their life or maybe progress in their in their life as well. 100%. That's, that's something that we're big on here is action. That's the key word that you right. just said. So um, taking those action steps, we give a lot of great advice on this podcast, but the key word again is action. So with that being said, man, if you can give us kind of a, a rundown, I know I gave like some of your, 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 like of what you do, but talk to us about who you are as a man, uh, where are you from, man? What's your background? Let the people know a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'll give you the condensed version. Um, so a little bit about myself, um, Back in back in uh, I would say 2019, right before COVID, um, I I worked corporate corporate America, um, and but I've always done like entrepreneur entrepreneurial things on the side, uh, but then I learned about credit. I learned about how powerful and how it can be leveraged to really uh, propel you to the next level, right? Um, so back in 2020. Um, like right, right as COVID hit, uh, me and my wife were like, you know what, we're kind of done with this corporate life. And she said, we should buy a business. And this was when everything was like hectic. We didn't know what was going on. You know, businesses were closing down and she's like, I think we should do it. This is a good opportunity. Whenever there's 
fear in the streets, there's always an opportunity. So long story short, we were looking for businesses. Um, and then towards the follow, it took us about a year to really find an opportunity that really benefited us. Um, it was right here in Virginia. I'm originally from New Jersey. Uh, then I moved to Philadelphia with my with my wife now. And then we saw an opportunity right, right here in Virginia for a, a restaurant, a restaurant that uh, was really what's the word it was, was a, was a restaurant that was outdated, right? They didn't have online delivery. They didn't have delivery. It was very old. It's been there for 30 years, which is always a good sign in business, right? You want something that's, has been established for at least five years or more. Uh, it was generating great revenue. Anyway, long story short, we saw an opportunity. We made an offer on it. We, we found out that we can, Hey, we can basically co-sign borrow some money based on our credit. We put a, we put a down payment on that property. We sell a finance to rest. Uh, we we been owning that for about two years now, um, and in the midst of all that, since I've learned the credit game, I've invested into multifamily, some e-commerce stuff, and some other businesses along the way. I know that was a long-winded answer, but uh, essentially, like you said in the beginning, I le I learned how to leverage my credit to buy income and create cash flow through that process. Look, we're we're only like five minutes in, and you just dropped like a couple different bars. I don't know if people are picking these up, but the first one you said was um, your wife. Shout out to your wife for having that insight and that that um, intelligence to know, like, yo, when there is fear, when there's hectic, when things are going crazy, there's opportunity there, right? So I love that she had that mindset, and you guys went in together to like, okay, let's find the right opportunity. You said it took you about a year to make sure that right. you found the right one. You didn't just jump on something just because. And then the second thing you brought up was you found a restaurant that was cash flowing, but you also seen that it there was opportunities for it to be approved upon, which I think is, is, is critical as well, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into like how to even buy a business, but if you don't know how you can improve it, you know, that's probably not going to be the best scenario for you, but immediately, you know, you probably looked at the outside, the inside, uh, maybe the technology wasn't up to date and things of that nature you could improve upon and um, increase the cash flow. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what it's, it's the same thing with investing, right? When you're looking to buy a property, you always want to look at it. Where can I add value? Right. So it was the same thing with the restaurant. Where can I add value? And the value was, it was very outdated. I had a lot of inefficiencies in the, in the restaurant um, and they didn't have online ordering. Um, so that, that was a big thing. I mean, just by that, we almost doubled the revenue just by, just by adding that because it's a small town. So if you add online delivery, you can expand your reach. Instead of having people come to you, you can just have the food delivered to them. So it was just a good opportunity. It was win-win for us and the seller. Um, so you know, we just felt like we can add value in, and it turned out good. And, and I'm curious, and Jeremiah, you can hop in after, what made you guys go with the restaurant? Because I know typically in business, the restaurant industry can be very, very tough, right? And I think for you, you guys looked at the numbers, you looked at the opportunities, and you've seen it could, there is potential there. But why, why even a restaurant? Yeah, great question. So the first, you're right. Restaurants um, generally... Are, are are very high risk, but the first indicator of success was it's been there thirty years, right? The second thing was, um, again, I, I know I'm repeating the same thing, right? I, we felt that we can add value by adding delivery. If it was making X amount of money already, the way it was already structured for the last thirty years, I believe if we can increase 
if we can add this, it can increase revenue 10 to 20%, right? And that's a big jump in the restaurant industry. Another thing, um, it was in a great location. It's in a great location because there's always traffic, always traffic in there. Um, so those are the kind of the three things that really caught my attention. It was been there for 30 years. We felt like we can add value. It's in a great location. Um, and it was well managed. They already had a manager in place. So that's been there 30 years. So that's a good thing. It had a good structure internally as far as the employees and how everything was going. Although it couldn't be improved, it still had good structure internally. In that situation, do you kind of, you know, you see the good, the good employees, you know, good system, 30 years, good traffic. Do you look at that and you kind of wonder, like, why are they even selling this? Why are they selling this, uh, this restaurant? Right. Is that something you guys question? Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing. Well, anybody selling, you always want to know why are you selling? If it's that good, why are you selling? Even with a property, if it's that good, why are you selling it then? The guy was 72 years old. Um, so he he just wanted to retire. I mean, he was fed up with it. He was really not, I, I mean, he was just, he was tired of it. He was 72 year old. He barely, he had to keep waking up 10 o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning, get out at eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. He lost the energy. He lost the drive. Uh, so that's always a good indicator. One mistake I will say though, and not to sound like in hindsight, right? Hindsight is 2020. He was he was very willing to offer a better discount. Had I been more aggressive with my offer, I think I would have gotten a better deal. Um, because this was this was like 2021, so a year after COVID, and he was trying to get rid of it. I should have been a little bit more aggressive with my offer to get a better deal on my end because he was willing to sell. Um, he was willing to sell at a discount because he just wanted to get rid of it. He was just over it. Um, so to, to answer your question, first thing you should ask whenever someone's selling, what, whatever whatever they're selling, why are you selling it? What, if it's so good, why are you selling it? And then you can uncover and make a decision based on that. And could you run by the, I think you ran by the numbers in the beginning, but can you like for that restaurant, can you run by the numbers again? And um after that, are you guys, were you guys active in the restaurant? Like, I'm sure there's people thinking out there like, okay, that'd be dope to buy a restaurant, but do I got to be there washing dishes and whatnot? What was your guys' experience with that? Yeah. So as far as the numbers go, so full transparency. So he wanted 240. Um, we offered, uh, I believe once 180. Um, he counted at 216. And then we accepted it. But again, in hindsight, he probably would have, if we would have stand firm at the 180, he would have taken it. I mean, he was, he, he was desperate and, you know, he already made his money. He's already been killing it for the last 30 years. So it wasn't like, it wouldn't have made a difference. Anyway, 216, we put a hundred thousand down. What we got in there. Yes. We had to work a lot because I've never run a restaurant before. So you want to go into a business and you want to know, you want to be able to do everything, right? You want to know all the ins and outs. Where can things be fixed? How can we make this better? So the first couple of months, I mean, we were working seven days a week, 16, like 16 hours a day. Like I would be the first one there and the first and the last one to leave, like nine to nine, nine to 10 every day or nine to 11 every day for like a couple months, just so we can understand the business, how it all works. Um, now the downside with that in today's in today's economic climate, it's hard to find good work. So that's one of the cons that we've been uh, dealing with, right? People's I, I don't know how they pay their bills, but nobody wants to work. Um, so we've been having a hard time finding 
another chef. So I've been, we've had chefs, but they don't last long because they always quit or they don't come to work or they always come late. I mean, it, it got so bad. We had to accept chefs coming like an hour, two hours late because we, there was no one else. There was, it was hard to replace that chef. We would have to wait another two months to go to the interview process and hire someone else. So there's pros and cons with anything. Uh, so that's one of the biggest cons though, that uh, it's, it's hard to find good work now. Um, so that's something we are struggling with as far as, far as employees, um, which we're, we're having a hard time keeping and retaining a chef in, in, in the business. So I'm, I'm the chef and then we have another chef. And was that the restaurant is it? It's a pizza restaurant. Yeah. Jeremiah, do you have anything before I we transition a little bit? Go ahead, man. You're doing your thing. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get to the thing. I got a ton of stuff, but it'll have to probably be another episode. No, 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 you really so it's all good. Um, okay, so I guess my other question is, obviously you can't anticipate everything. And for y'all listening, we're going to get into how, you know, the specifics and the nitty gritty right now. Just super curious about this restaurant business. Uh, obviously going into it, you didn't know like all the pros and cons to, to running it. Was this one of the things that you guys knew like, hey, there might be a chance that, you know, employees and chefs and whatnot, it might be kind of hard to come by. Was that something you guys thought about? Yeah. So when we when we initially first bought it, we really wanted to, to buy a business. Uh, so we were really desperate buyers too. Um, so one of the one of the unique one of the selling points from the seller was that they already had a chef in place. Um, but the problem with that, like we didn't want to also overwork the chef because the 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 owner, the previous owner, was a chef himself. So it was him and the other chef. Mm -hmm. So whoever purchased the restaurant would have to either hire another chef, like we tried to do, uh, or you have to become the chef as the owner because we don't want to overwork the current chef. So. We want to give them breaks. We want to help them with the with the lunch rushes or dinner rushes. So as we got in there, we realized, oh man, it's gonna to be tough because we're ha we're having it, we're having a hard time finding another chef to replace us. We're gonna to have to be the ones that are gonna be in here cooking and you know putting the pizzas in the oven, doing the sandwiches, et cetera, et cetera. So that is one of the cons um, that we realized as soon as we we got it. Once we we found out we couldn't really retain good chefs. Um, we felt, you know, we we were a little disappointed in, in that sense that now we have to be owner operator, you know? 100%. So for the folks out there that are listening and maybe they're, they're interested, maybe this conversation so far has piqued their interest about buying a business, but maybe not necessarily a restaurant. Um, what other businesses out there for the people that don't know um, that can they purchase and where do they even begin or start? Right. Great question. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking to buy another business um, and get out of the restaurant business. Um, and I can explain why if you, if you want me to, but uh, a, a good business to get into is something like a service-based business, um, like plumbing, HVAC, uh, businesses like that. You, those are good businesses that have high margins. Um, they usually have uh, a, a big internal structure where they have good employees and where you can find these businesses is a website like bizbuysell.com. Bizbuysell.com. Yep, that's a gem. You go, you go to bizbuysell.com. You can actually filter. Hey, I want a business that only makes that makes a minimum of cash flow or six figures or whatever the case is. 
And another thing that you can do that I just found out that I'm actually looking into, you can buy a business anywhere between, I forget what the minimum is, but up to $5 million with SBA loans. And you only have to put 10% down. So if a, a, a business is generating, uh, is, is $5 million, is generating a lot of revenue, which typically means a lot of net profit. Um, so that's another thing that you can do. Um, but typically that's where you would go. And then you can call business brokers in the area and those business brokers can help you find a business as well. If it's not listed on that website, bizbysell.com. That's pretty crazy because I'm looking at it right now and it, and it kind of shows like how much it would cost to buy the business, but also shows the cash flow. Right, right. Exactly. So that's how you, you can filter it. Hey, I only want businesses that makes X amount of cash flow, six figures, 200, 300, whatever the case is, you can filter it. It even tells you like, okay, the seller, this is, this is another thing that, that more sellers are willing to do. If you ask, even if the listing, see our listing didn't say seller financing. So seller financing is, let's say, Chris, you're selling a business, you become the bank. So we sell a finance 116,000 off, off my restaurant, right? At 4% interest. That's a whole lot better than going to the bank and financing at 8, 10, 12%, whatever the case is. So he he gets a promise. If we sign a promissory note, he gets a monthly uh, payment every, until that term is over. So when you buy a business, you could always ask, is this, is a seller willing to do seller financing? We can give him a, a, a certain down payment, whatever he's comfortable with, and we can finance the rest at a certain interest rate. All you got to do is sign a promissory note. And how do you determine the interest rate? That's usually between you and the seller. So it can be whatever you want. We actually, we actually told the seller, we'll give you the 216, but no interest. And he was kind of going back and forth. And his business broker told him, just do 4%, because that's kind of like the standard average, which it was like two, three years ago. But it's really negotiable, basically. Like, whatever you and the seller can negotiate, it's it's it can be 3%, 4%, 5%, whatever the case is. But it's usually a lot better than going to a bank, because the interest rates usually are 8 10 12%. And so uh, you, you were going to mention the reason why you're getting out of that restaurant industry. Um, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but go ahead and let us know. And maybe what industry hey, Chris, before we before we do that, I kind of want to stay on that for a second on that particular piece. It's it's funny because a lot of people, strangely, right, like myself, I would never invest in a in a restaurant. I, it's just it didn't interest me. I you know whatever. Um, but I also like that you mentioned that I was actually, and I'm giving personal experience of like people like, oh, well, this guy, no, like seriously, I was just on there and actually had a meeting last week about purchasing a book of business for an insurance that they, you know, the guy was like, hey, I'm moving to this state. I want to sell my book. I'm selling my whole agency. And so it's funny he said that because I'm like, yo, Toby's really on it because like I just literally had a meeting last week based off stuff that I'm finding there and being able to like shrink down. Because people would be like, oh, I don't want to do a restaurant. Okay, well, I'm in the financial space and I went and found an insurance agency that was selling their, their whole book of business. Maybe you want to, I don't know, sportswear, whatever it is, whatever, you know, meets your your thought or your fancy, your desire to do that. I think that people should definitely invest and think about that um, in this space. I'm just saying that because it's important to be entrepreneurial in this, in this climate, in this financial climate. Um, I want to drop that, but Go ahead. Do you think? Yeah. To to add to that, yeah, like you said, there's all kinds of businesses, businesses that you might not even think. I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it's like 
You could own a CPA business. You could own, you could buy, a, um, what are they called? The medical places. You could buy all any business you could think of. I'm you can buy it. it. Not, to, not to cut you off. I'm looking at it right now. They, they're selling like pool routes. Like pool yeah. routes. The routes. Yep. Those are good too. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, they they got FedEx routes. They got any any kind of business that can be sold. You can find it on. The, you can even put it, like if you like you said, finances. You can put it in the keyword to search that specific keyword. Anything that is associated with that keyword, it'll show up. So it's a pretty. Cool, I, I spent hours on there just looking at businesses to see what's what's a good opportunity out there. Not owner finances, the gym, yeah. because that's yeah. definitely what we were looking at. I mean, they were asking like I think four fifty. And I said, look, I'm, I'm going to give you two and then you going, you know, we'll do 2.5. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, your book of business is, is equal in what? And then we looked at revenue, profit margin. I'm like, yeah, so this is where, you know, where that right. level's out between the two. But no, that's a gym for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to transition a little bit and I'd love to talk about um, steps to getting funding, right? The, how to actually leverage your credit to buy or build a business. Like, what did that even look like? Especially in our community, you know, it, it's almost like we we don't have the best relationship with credit, right? And if we do, it's just like perfect example. Like my grandfather, he's he's old school. He damn near got an 850 credit score, but I, I'm not sure what he's doing with it. You know what I'm saying? Like he got a perfect yeah. credit score, but it's just sitting there looking pretty. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, talk to us about how we can begin to get funding. Like, again, buying a business is just so far-fetched for a lot of people in our community. Uh, we always are taught, like, yo, you got to actually build one, but you can, you know, uh, buy one. So talk to us about that uh, transition for you. Yeah, I mean, I think to add on what you said, I mean, I think our community has just been misinformed. Like they don't have the information. And I like I always like to say you don't know what you don't know and what you don't know can hurt you. Um, so as far as the credit, right? The first thing you need to understand is obviously you need to make, you need to make on-time payments, right? Uh that's how you keep your score high. You need to have believe it or not, you know, you hear a lot of people say um you shouldn't have too many accounts, but the fun fact, right? You need a minimum of 21 accounts to get a perfect credit score, which is 850. So it's actually the more accounts you have. And, and the reason why that is, is because it shows the lender you're able to borrow debt and pay it over the course of time over a long period of time, right? So you're able to manage that. And credit cards, you need credit cards and a mix of accounts with like installment loans. So like a personal loan, a mortgage loan, an auto loan. Um, so how you would get the funding, you would make sure that your credit score is good, preferably uh, 720 and above. And how you do that is, like I said, pay your bills on time. Don't have any late collections, no late payments, no derogatories. Um, make sure you have a good mix of accounts with like credit cards, personal loans, auto loans, mortgages. That's That helps with a good mix. Um, and then you would, you would just apply for either personal loans, a business loan, or like I said, now that I'm starting to get into more in the business side, like SBA loans, where they'll actually fund the rest of the down payment. So you only have to bring 10% down. So in, in a case you want to buy a business and you're broke, right? You can borrow money from the bank. You can go either to a local credit union or a regional bank or a national bank, and you can get a personal loan. Um, typically, those are a little higher interest rate, anywhere between 8 to 18%. And an installment and a personal loan is just 
uh, a term loan. A term loan is you borrow 50000 you have five years to pay it off. This is going to be your monthly payment. And that monthly payment is going to be fixed for the for the term of the loan. So if it's five years, and the, let's just say the payment is $1,000 a month, you're going to be paying that until you pay it off. It, that, that payment is never going to change. So in that example, you would go to the bank, you would borrow money, let's say 100 or 50,000, because they're just going based off your credit, right? A lot of these banks, typically, depending on the, uh, on the amount you borrow, they actually won't ask for documentation. They won't say like, oh, we need pay stubs or we need tax returns. It depends. Sometimes they will. So it depends on how much you ask for it and how much you qualify for it. So, but most of the time, um, you can get twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on a personal loan without showing any documentation. They're going strictly off your credit report, and all your credit report is is your resume showing them that you're able to manage debt. And it goes back to what I said before: what makes up a credit profile is having a good mix of accounts, having good payment history, and having credit cards as well. Um, because that shows the lender that you're able to manage that and not be, you know, you're able to manage that and not be able to uh, default on those loans. Um, so then you you can just like like we talked about earlier, you can if you find a business that makes sense, you can negotiate a term where you put an X amount down, and the rest you can sell a finance with the with the with the seller at a certain interest rate that you guys negotiate. Uh, but the better route would be an SBA loan um, because you can get a bigger business a million plus business that generates a lot more money, a lot more cash flow, a lot more profit uh, with just 10% down, as opposed to putting, like we had to put a hundred thousand down for that restaurant. In hindsight, I probably would have put less down and just sell a finance the rest uh, because I borrowed it from a personal loan. It was a little bit higher interest rate compared to 4%. Does that make sense? I don't know. That was a long winded answer, but no, that was that was phenomenal. That was, that was a lot of game right there. But I want to go back to managing like a variety of different credit cards, right? Credit accounts. Um, for the people out there, you you throw out the number twenty one different cards if you want to have an eight fifty credit score, correct? Right. You need a minimum of twenty one accounts to get to the perfect uh eight fifty credit score. Minimum. So, do all twenty one of those accounts need to be active, like? I don't want people out here getting 21 accounts and they're just going crazy, right? Especially during the holidays. <laughs> no, no, they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily need to be active. Um, it just needs to be like you had it at one point. It, it was an account that you had. Um, but the way to build up your score would be depending on where you're at in your credit journey. Like if you have a low credit score, you can do like credit builder accounts like self credit strong. Uh, these are accounts where you, put money up or you just pay a monthly fee and it's like an installment loan and that helps build up your credit. And you can start with like starter cards as far as the credit cards, um, like Discover is a good one. If you if your credit score is low or you're starting to get credit, uh, then you can apply for like the big banks like Chase, American Express. Um, but yeah, you just, it, it's just an overall as far as the accounts over time, right? You, you don't need, you don't need to have 21 credit cards at the same time, right? If, if that's what you're asking, no. Gotcha. Makes sense. And so can you dive into um, how you got into the e-commerce space? I'm sure you, you obviously use this strategy to get into e-commerce, but for the people out there that are interested in that, how did you dive into that? Yeah, so e-commerce is just um, Amazon, right? Amazon is a good, uh, everybody, everybody knows Amazon. Um, it's just a good 
another source of, of revenue where I, I diversify as opposed to the restaurant, right? It is semi-passive because I hire uh, what we call a virtual assistant to actually run my store for me. He finds the products and then we list them and then we we sell them and, and he deals with everything from there. But uh, I, I decided to get into that because it's semi-passive and it's a little bit better. Um, it's a little bit better than having rental property, but I still like rental property because you get tax benefits from real estate, but e-commerce is good for cash flow. It's good for like semi-passive income. Got you. Um, so what's the next business that you are looking to, to jump into? I know you mentioned earlier, looking to transition out of uh, the restaurant industry, but what are you looking to get into next? Yeah, I haven't really, just, it. whatever business, all the lessons I learned from this business, it needs to have the bigger the, the business, the better, actually, um, believe it or not, because this was a local restaurant. Right. So if one employee calls out, it's hard to you know what I mean? Like I have to work it. But if if it's a bigger company where like 20 employees and one or two employees call out, it's a lot easier to manage. Like it, we probably won't miss a beat. Um, so I'm looking for a bigger company. Uh, and as far as the what type of business, I haven't really narrowed it down anything that where it makes money and makes sense. Um, but something that I can be more of a business owner, not actually in the business where I'm more like overseeing the business. So it needs to have like a good employee structure where I don't necessarily have to be in there all the time. Um, it's not so small where it's, it always depends on me. It needs to be somewhere or something that has a lot of employees and I don't necessarily need to be there and has a manager in place. You. That's kind of what I'm looking for, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And we could uh, definitely start wrapping this thing up pretty soon. A lot of great information in here. Uh, Jeremiah, feel free to hop in if you want. But, you know, one of the questions I had was, you know, when looking to buy a business, right, with credit, what are some different ways that you can protect yourself when you're getting into um, purchasing a business? Well, the first thing you need to do is... Um, Usually what whoever's listing a business has like a business broker. So you can you can ask them questions about the business. Um normally they're really helpful as far as asking questions that you normally wouldn't know or know to ask. Um that's how I found out about SBA. I found that through a business broker. Or you could just call business brokers and you tell them you're looking for a business and they can kind of walk you through it because they get big commissions uh on these purchases, on these sales. Um, so the first thing you need to know, you need to look at the tax returns. You, you need to verify tax returns. You need to look at profit and loss statements. Um, you need to work the business a couple of days or see how it's going. Visit the business, see if there's foot traffic, see how the employees, again, verify why they're really selling. If it's so good, why they're selling. In this case, he was he was older. He just wanted to retire. So those are the things you want to look for. Um, you want to see if there's any red flags based on that. Like if if the profit a lot, like we looked at a business in um, Florida, we will, we will, we wanted to just buy a business. It didn't matter where it was. We looked at a business in Florida right during COVID, like later that year. And he sent us a profit and loss statement and it looked Photoshopped. It just looked Photoshopped. And I said, mm, something ain't right. It looked Photoshopped. So he, he it looked like, I don't know. It just looked fishy. So you want to verify all that stuff before you actually like, pull the plug, you know, pull the plug uh, and take the leap. So little things like that. You you always want to ask all the questions you need to before you make a decision. You know, how much did it make 
last year? Why did it decline? It, it, why is it on a steady decline instead of, you know, is it steady or is it going up? Things like that you want to ask. What did you do about that situation that looks photoshopped? Were you just like, you weren't messing with it or did you tell them like, hey, we need some verified documents or what, what did that, how did that happen? Yeah, I just, I pretty much just ignored him. I said, he, he was dishonest. Uh, he, he got on the phone and he, he told me, yeah, I just sent you the P&L. Um, let me know if you're interested. He was very desperate because this was at a time where like people were like trying to sell. And I'm like, no, it it, it just doesn't look, I don't know. It, it didn't feel right. So, and then I saw that. I said, never mind. I'm not even going to entertain it. Yeah. Especially when you said he's being desperate. That, that should be yeah. right there. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You always want to know why. That's the most important thing. Um, dope. I love it. Hey, could you, one last question for me and then, um, Jeremiah, if we had something, can you go over like some top businesses that people look to buy maybe in 2023 or 2024? Like what are like the, I know you said HVAC businesses and whatnot, uh, but what are some other ones that are like pretty popular that people get into? Yeah. Plumbing is a good one from what I've researched. Plumbing is always good because it's like service-based business. Like you're always going to need plumbing. Um, you're always going to need some sort of HVAC. I heard pool routes are actually great. Um, another thing that is very popular, I haven't looked too much into it. It's like laundromats. Laundromats are really good. There's a lot of, there's not a lot of overhead because a lot of them are like self-managed. You can just go in there, put the coins and leave. So laundromats are another thing that I'm exploring. Um, you know, businesses like that business. I'm, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but pool routes, laundromats, um, HVAC, um, they, they got, they also sell like bookkeeping services. That's a good business too. Like you can buy, you can actually buy like a bookkeeping service that, that does like bookkeeping for, for people in the, in the neighborhood. Those are good businesses. Um, I see something on there with, um, like an ATM machine route or the actual ATM, one of the two. Yeah. You can buy routes. You can buy, you can actually buy a route that is owned by FedEx. You can buy those routes. Now those are typically a lot. You can buy a, a logistic company, a trucking company, I mean, anything you can think of, you can buy. Like if you search it on that website by keyword, if you think of anything, you search it, it'll come up. It's pretty crazy. Why, why do you say service-based businesses over product-based businesses? Because most people need a service done and, and service businesses are like typically recession-proof. Um, so like you're, like you're always going to need some sort of maintenance on something or yeah, you're always gonna need some sort of maintenance. Like the whole, if you do a whole city or town, that whole town, there's gonna be a lot of people that need maintenance over time. That makes sense. Yeah, 100%. yeah, like repair shops too that I that I could think of. Those are good too. 100%, love it. Um, Jeremiah, did you have anything else before we head out of here? Great, great podcast episode, bro. No, I'm good. It'll be a part two. Because I got a whole long list of stuff. This is Chris part one. It'll be part two. Okay. <laughs> that whole list of things. I, I, I get into a different side of things. So all yeah, I'm good. all for it. Yeah. We didn't really talk about like business credit and all that. That's another thing we could talk about. That's a whole different. Well, you yeah, know, we definitely would love to have you on. Um, yeah, that's more. That's more me. That's more my side. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and there might be a part three based on what he's asking. I'm gonna have a question to follow up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to provide as much value as I can. For sure, for sure. Uh, well, first off, thank you. You know, typically on these shows, we want to keep it like condensed. We want to get right to it. 
But yeah. we definitely would love to have you on for a part two before the end of the year or something like that. And uh, we'll, we'll have like a follow up part two to this this conversation. I think it'd be dope and very valuable for the people out there. But for uh, the folks out there that want to connect with you, that want to give you a follow, where can people reach out to you? And we'll link everything in the description of this podcast. Yeah, so they can reach out to They can just search on YouTube, Toby Rosario, T-O-B-I-R-O-S-A-R-I-O. The same thing with Instagram, full name Toby Rosario. So dope. I love it. A lot of great information in this podcast episode. And like we said in the beginning, if you can share this episode with one other person, it would mean the world to us. Go ahead and give us a follow on at Latin Wealth. And, um, you know, go give Toby a follow as well. And with that being said, Latin Wealth family, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.